Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Monday, February 5th. Yes, the day after the Super Bowl, and I have so much. This episode is all about the Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk in depth about it, and I can't wait. Uh, You guys don't know this. During the middle of the third quarter, my friend Lara uh, sent me a text. Hey, can you come pick me up from the airport? And I was like, uh, yes, you're fine. So, I, you know, I, I pause my TV. I go to the airport, pick her up. The point is, at the end of the, the, end of the game, I'm watching on about a 10-minute delay. So I, my phone blows up all these text messages. The fumble, the fumble. What do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm not watching live. And it made the last five minutes that much more suspenseful. Because I just, I knew something bad was about to happen. I didn't know to which team. And I just, oh, it was heartbroken. If you notice, I'm wearing a black shirt today. Um, that is to mourn the loss of Tom Brady winning this, his sixth Super Bowl. I'm very sad about it. I, I kind of, you know, I, I love Tom Brady. I really wanted him to win. And I did not think he was going to lose. I, I was so certain the Patriots would win. Um, and that's where I want to start today. I want to start with talking about the Super Bowl. I'm going to go in depth right now. You know, after the Super Bowl ended yesterday, I got a text from one of my friends. Um, He was asking me for girl advice. And and my advice was pretty simple. I said, be confident, be yourself. Uh, And then I asked him, do you know the Wayne Gretzky quote? And he responded, yeah, of course I do. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. The point is, he had nothing to lose. And that perfectly describes the moment right before halftime when Doug Peterson called a play uh, to throw a pass to Nick Foles for a touchdown. You had nothing to lose. Take a risk. Shoot your shot. And the play before the half, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sure everybody's talking about it. But it's fourth and goal on the one-yard line. And you call a trick play that throws a touchdown pass to Nick Foles. It was awesome. It was cool. It was really, really gutsy and bold. I was, I was completely wrong. I wrote off Doug Peterson. I didn't give him enough credit, as much credit as he deserved. It wasn't just that he called the trick play. The entire game plan that Doug Peterson built for the Super Bowl was incredible. It was really awesome. The run-pass option, or RPO, as they kept annoyingly calling it, um, it's usually a slant, but what, what Doug Peterson did is he expanded on just the run-pass option. You can run the ball, you can throw Usually you throw a slant behind the run if you don't run the ball. He expanded it. He threw the ball downfield on the outside. It was crazy. I mean, he really, really... He did everything he could to make his guys be successful. And everybody's talking about Nick Foles. Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP. But why? Why was Nick Foles successful? Doug Peterson. In the playoffs, Doug Peterson said, screw it. I have nothing to lose. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to go talk to that girl. I'm going to go ask her out. He had nothing to lose, and he shot. He took his shot with Nick Foles. He said, I'm going to trust this guy and put the game in his hands. Why not? I have nothing to lose. This is my shot. I'm going to take it right now. And he trusted Nick Foles, and it's incredible. I mean, I, I think part of that has to do with the fact that Doug Peterson, for most of his life, was a backup quarterback. But the, the, the guts it took to beat the Vikings the way they did, why— throwing the ball all over the place and relying on Nick Foles by trusting Nick Foles. And then the game plan last night to come the first play for the Eagles was a pass. I mean, they came out swinging and they said, Nick Foles, we're going to live and die by the arm of Nick Foles. I thought that was incredible. 
And honestly, there are, there are two passes everyone wants to talk about. Um, one to Brady and one to Nick Foles. And, and, you know, I think they're overstated a little bit. I really do. You know, so if, if there was a trick play thrown to Tom Brady that he dropped and a trick play thrown to Nick Foles that he caught for a touchdown. And again, it's a little bit overstated. I mean, one was on a third down to Brady and one was fourth and one before halftime on the goal line. It was, they're very different situations, but regardless, it's really good symbolism. And that's why people keep talking about it because the truth is Tom Brady dropped the ball and Nick Foles delivered. It's really as simple as that. It comes down to a pass thrown to Nick Foles and a pass thrown to Tom Brady. When it was Tom Brady's moment, he came up short. He didn't deliver. And Nick Foles, on the other hand, delivered. And that's what really surprised me. I said all week, in a close game, I'm taking Tom Brady. I said, if the game was close, if the game came down to one touchdown, Tom Brady was going to pull it out and Tom Brady was going to win the game. I mean, the game went exactly like I said it would. It really was to a T. It was perfect. The The Patriots struggled early. Then they came back. In the first half, the Eagles were getting so much pressure, the Patriots couldn't even run a screen pass. And what that means is, that's how you answer. When you're getting a lot of pressure, you throw screen passes. If you can't do that, there's nothing. And yet still, the Patriots made adjustments and came back. And the Patriots were in a position with the ball at the end to take the lead. But once again, like I said earlier, in the big moment when Tom Brady had a chance to take the lead and win the game, like I thought he would, like everybody thought he would, everyone thinks Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, is going to pull this game out. He's going to make something happen and win this game. Well, once again, uh, like I said earlier, Tom Brady dropped the ball. Second and two. Oh, Brady gets hit. The ball is out. And Philadelphia has it. Derek Barnett comes away with it. Congratulations to the Eagles. It was, it was, uh, I'm really happy for Eagles fans. I truly am. I I had a good friend of mine, Michael, who I watched suffer for years and years and years. And I'm so happy for him. Personally, I'm I'm sad. I I love Tom Brady. Um, And and I'm shocked. Again, I am shocked. Tom Brady did not deliver in the big moment. But once again, congratulations to Eagles fans. I'm really happy for you guys. It's cool. I mean, I, I just, it was a it was a shocking win. It was not, that was not what I expected. I did not expect the, one, the person to step up and make a play and to deliver at the end of the game. I did not expect that to be Nick Foles. I really didn't. I thought Tom Brady was going to make something happen um, and, and pull that game out, and he didn't. And, and it's, I think everyone's surprised that the big mistake made at the end was by Tom Brady, not by Nick Foles. It's just a, it's a wild turn of events, and it was, it was shocking and surprising. Uh, personally, I was really sad. I mean, it, it was like... It was like getting punched in the gut. I mean, I didn't realize how much I wanted Tom Brady and the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl until they lost. And then it hit me. I was like, man, I really wanted the Patriots, man. I just, I so badly, I I love Tom Brady. I love his series, Tom versus Time. And I wanted to see that come to a great end. And it didn't. It came up short. But at the same time, I'm really, really glad the Patriots lost. Think about it. Most people watching the Super Bowl were more happy to see the Patriots lose than they were to see the Eagles win. People want to see the Patriots lose. Most people want that. 
Now, for me, for me, it was like a punch in the gut. Some people, it really hurt. Some people, they loved it. Because the Patriots force you to take a side. You either love them or you hate them. When I say I'm glad the Patriots lost, what I mean is I'm glad it wasn't the Jaguars or the Steelers or the Chiefs. In my opinion, the ratings didn't show this, but in my opinion, the Super Bowl was better because the Patriots were involved. Star Wars is a better story because of Darth Vader and the evil empire. And in many people's opinion, the Patriots are the evil empire in Star Wars. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm so glad the Patriots were involved. It made me care about the game more. It made me more invested in the game. It hurt more when they lost. It would have meant more when they won. Having the Patriots involved is a better game. If the Jaguars had lost, it's like, meh. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been heartbroken last night like I was. Um, I'm really, I think the Super Bowl is more interesting because the Patriots were involved. Because either it made you really happy or it made you really sad. So I am glad it was the Patriots who lost in the Super Bowl. I'm glad it wasn't the Jaguars or the Steelers or the Chiefs. I'm glad the Eagles beat the Patriots. Because I like it when the Patriots are involved. I think it's more interesting and more fascinating to me. All right, I have a great show planned. I'm really, I'm excited. I, I, I've built a, I worked really hard. I prepared this all night. You know, I, I, the minute the game ended, I was like, let's get the show out. I, I, I want to get the podcast recorded earlier on Monday so I can get it out to you guys. Hopefully this will go out, um, you know, Monday afternoon, early Monday. Uh, and I want to talk about, we're going to talk about what's next for Nick Foles. What's Nick Foles going to do now? He's won a Super Bowl MVP. What's next for him? I'm going to talk about what's next for the Patriots, for Bill Belichick, for Malcolm Butler, for Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady still, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time? Does Tom Brady losing last night change? I've said all year he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Does this loss last night change his status? And oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins, because of what I saw last night in the Super Bowl, Kirk Cousins must take a pay cut. Sign for less money. Great stuff ahead. I'm really excited. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Yeah, where'd this pen go? I was holding a pen. Now I'm holding a Sharpie. I don't know. Uh, Please tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me out. Help Strong Opinion Sports grow by telling your friends about it. If you like Strong Opinion Sports, Share it on Facebook, on Twitter. If you understand Reddit, that'd be... I don't understand Reddit. And if you do, please put this podcast on Reddit. I want to grow, and that would help me tremendously. So again, if you want to help me grow and you like this podcast, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. All right. Man. Um, hold on. Hold that thought. You guys are going to call me crazy. Everybody will call me crazy. Let's be honest. Nick Foles just won the Super Bowl MVP. And yet I still do not think he is a starting quarterback. You realize Nick Foles is going to have to leave Philadelphia. He will will have to leave the Eagles. Listen to this soundbite. This is the Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie, talking about how much it means to win a Super Bowl yesterday at the trophy presentation ceremony, immediately after the Super Bowl. This is him on the podium. Take a listen. I've never seen an incredible group of men in all my years of life that come together with all the adversity and injuries and losing our franchise quarterback and your world champs. Did you hear what he said? 
losing our franchise quarterback. Carson Wentz is the man in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is the dude. He's the guy. He's your starting quarterback. He's your franchise quarterback. This is like when you break up with your fiance. You go have a great month with another girl. It's awesome. You have a a great party. It's a good life for about a month. And then ultimately you go back to your fiance. Carson Wentz is the future in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is your fiance. Carson Wentz is the one you're going to be with the rest of your life. Carson Wentz is a long-term plan. Not Nick Foles. Nick Foles, if he wants to play, he's going to have to leave Philadelphia. And I think now Philadelphia, who has Nick Foles under contract, says, look, we have this great asset. We're going to trade him. We're going to go get a draft pick for him. We're going to go get something for Nick Foles. The rumor is right now that the next landing spot for Nick Foles is Arizona. It's a terrible move. It's a terrible move. The Arizona Cardinals are not a good fit for Nick Foles. Uh, It's good on paper. I mean, Nick Foles went to the University of Arizona in the Pac-12. But Nick Foles is a backup. Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. I'll say it over and over and over again. Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. There are two huge reasons why I believe this. First of all, it's very simple. Nick Foles doesn't love football. It's well documented. Look it up. Nick Foles almost quit the game. Nick Foles would not have won a Super Bowl if he started all season. It's very simple. Nick Foles was in the right place at the right time. He jumped on a car that was almost at its its destination, and he drove the last quarter mile. I mean, it really... I just... I I don't believe in him. He's not a starting quarterback. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, none of those guys have ever considered quitting football. None of those guys are like, you know what? I'm in the prime of my career. I'm in my late 20s. I'm going to just walk away from football. But that is what Nick Foles did. The guy who considers quitting is not the guy I want leading my football team. That's harsh, but that's also true. That's honest. That's real. Now, second, Nick Foles, Foles needs a lot of specific coaching to win. He, he won with Chip Kelly, making very simple reads, running very simple plays. Uh, you know what happened when, the, when Chip Kelly was at the Eagles? I would watch my high school offense getting run in the NFL. The exact same plays. We had plays called Falcon and Atlanta. Very simple stuff. And I was like, that, that's the exact same play to a T. He's making the same read. And if I, at 17 years old in high school, could run that play, then they're running that in the NFL. It's simple. It's not, it's not complicated stuff. So <laughs> the reason why Nick Foles was so successful with the Eagles was because he had an offense specifically tailored to him and his skill sets. And Doug Peterson dumbed it down. Doug Peterson simplified the offense specifically for Nick Foles. If you don't design an offense specifically for Nick Foles, he cannot win. He's not diverse. He's not. The, the, term, the old term that I don't like to use very often, system-type quarterback, comes to mind. Uh, if you don't design it exactly for Nick Foles, again, he can't win. The Eagles coaches went back and they looked at plays from back in the day, back when Nick Foles was successful with Chip Kelly, and they took exact plays from Chip Kelly's old offense and ran them in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is not going to get that other places. Nick Foles will not get that hands-on specific coaching just for him at another team. And they won't. Because you're going to do what's best for your team, not what's best for you. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't see that happening. For example, let's talk about Arizona. If Nick Foles went to Arizona, 
uh, here is what would happen. The Arizona Cardinals just hired Steve Wilkes as their new head coach. Steve Wilkes is the former defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Steve Wilkes is not going to create the kind of offense that Nick Foles needs. You need to create something specifically for Nick Foles. And then even then, it's still a risk. What I'm saying is Nick Folk winning was a fluke, a one-time thing. A, it won't happen again. It was a fluke. Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback. He doesn't love football. He needs very specific coaching. If he doesn't get the perfect coaching from like, there's like two people in the world apparently that can make Nick Foles into a viable quarterback. If he doesn't have Doug Peterson or Chip Kelly, the dude can't win. You got to It's just, I do not see Nick Foles down the road going to another team and being successful. The dude has thought about quitting football and that dude is not the guy I want leading my franchise. Again, Nick, Folk, Nick Foles having all of his success was a fluke. So what's next for the New England Patriots? First of all, there's all this speculation that Bill Belichick will retire. And that is very silly. It's ridiculous. You know, Jimi Hendrix played guitar all day, every day. Jimi Hendrix was obsessed with the guitar. One of my friend's dads is the vice president uh, at an engineering firm. The dude has a PhD and makes bucket loads of money. And yet, he's going back for more. He's going back for more school. Because people like that, people who are that successful, don't stop. Bill Belichick is obsessed with winning, and he's not done anytime soon. And the Patriots will be back. The Patriots will be back in the Super Bowl before you know it. Tom Brady just won the MVP. When a team wins MVP, we all assume, oh, they'll be back for sure. Why? why? Just because Tom Brady is older, we're putting, oh, he's going to age. It's not going to happen. No, Tom Brady's not showing any signs of slowing down. He will play for another three or four years, partially because that's his brand. That's how he's marketing himself as the guy who can play forever. But it's also his reality. That's just, it's true. Like, look at Tom Brady. He has never had a better season. He's playing out of his mind. He threw for, I think, 505 yards and three touchdowns yesterday in the Super Bowl at 40 years old. Like, the guy isn't slowing down. They're still, dog- they're still fighting that dog. He's got a lot to go. More gas in the tank. And let's think about this. Who challenges the Patriots next year? Who in the AFC is going to stop the Patriots from making it to another Super Bowl? The Steelers? No. The Steelers can never... How many times have the, the Patriots beaten the Steelers? I don't know the answer to that question, but it's a lot. The Patriots have the Steelers' number. The Colts and Andrew Luck, is that, is that, are, is that team going to challenge the Patriots? No. The, the Colts have just hired a new head coach, Josh McDaniels, who's awesome. He's leaving the Patriots, but they're still a year away. They still need more. Not in the first season with Josh McDaniels will the Colts be able to challenge and take out the Patriots. Maybe the Texans and Deshaun Watson, again, they're a one year away. They're still a step away from beating, being able to take out the New England Patriots. So there's a brief window where the Patriots can remain atop the AFC. Before everybody else elevates around them, there's a little window where the Patriots will still be able to dominate the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. The Patriots will be back in the Super Bowl. I, I am so, I'm certain of it. I really am. I just see that down the road. Uh, another interesting thought is what's next for Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was, like, if you remember, he was a Super Bowl hero 
that caught the interception on the goal line against the Seahawks. He was benched in the game. He, he only played special teams in the Super Bowl. And people were upset. Malcolm Butler was upset. Malcolm Butler had a quote saying, I don't know. I don't understand it. Yada, yada. <sighs> Malcolm Butler's done with the Patriots. If you speak out of turn with the Patriots, they cut you. You're done. I am predicting right now, Malcolm Butler at the beginning of next season will not be a New England Patriot. I've also talked about the possibility of the Patriots trading Rob Gronkowski. Look, he's good. He's really good. And the Patriots know how to use him better than anybody else. But we did see in the beginning of the first half, last yesterday in the Super Bowl, uh, he struggled. And I think they keep him around as long as his value is more than he's worth. So if you can get something for him, the Patriots might trade him off. And someone asked me, uh, the reason I'm talking about, again, the Rob Gronkowski trade is someone asked, well, what if the 49ers traded for Rob Gronkowski? Uh, You know, uh, first of all, I do think he would be successful there, but I wouldn't pay very much because we've seen over and over and over again, Rob Gronkowski is injury prone. Football is a game of attrition, a game of health. If you're not healthy, you're not helping your team. And Rob Gronkowski has been injured over and over and over again. So that's, that's my prediction. That's what's next for the Patriots. The Patriots will be back in the Super Bowl. Malcolm Butler won't be back. Rob Gronkowski probably will be back. And Bill Belichick will most definitely be back. They still have a lot of, they have a lot of work to go. There's gas left in the tank and the Patriots have more to prove. I think it's very possible this Super Bowl kind of fires them up and ignites them a little more. We've never seen the Patriots so loose and open at the the media, the media week of the Super Bowl. And I think that is going to light a fire underneath them. They're going to look back and be like, man, we were a little loose. We got a little ahead of ourselves. And they're going to come back hungry and ready to prove everybody wrong. And I think it's very possible the Patriots either win or definitely reach another Super Bowl in the next three years. I think that's entirely possible. Because again, there's a brief window in the AFC where the Patriots can dominate. The Steelers are getting old. And if the Patriots are old and the Steelers are old, I pick the Patriots. The Colts still need a little more time to turn their program around. And the Texans just need Deshaun Watson to develop a little more. He looked incredible this year against the weekend uh, Patriots defense. But Deshaun Watson needs more time before he's able to really take out Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That is the future, though. The future of the NFL is Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, hopefully the, whoever the Browns get. I want the Browns so badly to be good. I really do. My, my next thought was this. I'm watching the Super Bowl yesterday, and I'm like, well, I wonder how the ratings are doing. So I looked up the ratings, and I found out this. The NFL is most definitely not staged. People are like, oh, the NFL is rigged. Oh, the NFL, they're, they're scripting things. I'm never, this is my last time ever talking about this ever again. Because I, I am done. I am so done arguing with unreasonable people. The NFL does not want the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Because guess what? The ratings were the lowest they've been in eight years. Again, the NFL wants parity. They've designed their league for parity. For people to have an equal chance at winning. And the Patriots' dominance every single year is an annoyance to the NFL. Roger Goodell does not want the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. And it's funny, no matter what happens, because people are like, oh, well, maybe the NFL designed the Super Bowl so that the Patriots could lose to make everybody happy. It's like, if they'd won, you would have said it was rigged either way. So no matter what answer you give, people are going to argue that the NFL is staged and rigged. So I'm done. 
I'm never, ever arguing with anybody on that ever again. If you think the NFL is rigged or the NFL is staged, you're being unagreeable, you're being disagreeable, and I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just like, you know what? No matter what I say, I'm wrong in your opinion. I'm not going to even try. The NFL's not rigged. That is absurd and ridiculous, and I'm done talking about that forever. Like, literally, this, never talking about it ever again. We're never talking about that ever again. The NFL's not rigged. Until it comes out that there's lawyers or something, I'm done with that story. We're done. It's driving me nuts. You guys are unreasonable. It's it's ridiculous. I got fired up. I didn't. I did not plan to rip that paper up. <laughs> I was not. It just happened. I don't know. I got really angry. Oh man. I that's for for example. That's what I'm like when I'm angry. I'm, I'm still a wimp. I'm still not imposing at all. I'm just like a a quiet little kid with messed up hair. Um. My next question is. My next question is, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Can Tom Brady lose three Super Bowls and still be the greatest quarterback of all time? I said earlier in the year, I'm sold. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, a lot of people, especially you 49ers fans watching, are screaming, Joe Montana, Joe Montana, obviously. And yes, the discussion is between Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Joe Montana has four Super Bowls. He won four Super Bowls, and he never lost one. He was 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has won five Super Bowls, but he's also lost three of them. Personally, here's what I do. I don't punish people for losing in championships. I don't criticize LeBron for it, and I don't penalize LeBron for it. Because if you lose in the Super Bowl, it means you didn't lose in the playoffs. So, so Joe Montana is 4-0 in Super Bowls. All that means is the years he didn't win a Super Bowl, he lost before ever even making it to the championship. Either way, whether you're losing the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, the wild card round, either way, the last game of the season for you is a loss. That's the truth. So to me, if you ask me, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm going to continue this discussion. Don't, don't tap out now. I'm going to get to it. So he's won five Super Bowls. He's got three MVPs. And he won an MVP on Saturday at 40 years old. Guess where Joe Montana was at 40? Joe Montana was retired and done with the league. And not only is Tom Brady not retired, Tom Brady has no signs of slowing down. In fact, Tom Brady's getting better statistically every single season. Tom Brady has more gas in the tank. And if we look back again at Joe Montana, this time in Joe Montana's career, he was done for two years. And he hadn't won a Super Bowl for many more than that because he went to the Kansas City Chiefs. The fact that Tom Brady's playing at such a high level at 40 is really enough evidence for me. But, but maybe that's not enough. Well, I'm going to continue this. I think, honestly, people just don't like Tom Brady. Um, but the only argument I find in favor of Joe Montana, this is the one argument I find that people make about Joe Montana that I, I do somewhat agree with. People say the reason why Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time is because the NFL's rules were different back then when Joe Montana played. You could maul receivers when Joe Montana played. You could pull them down. You could be way more physical with Joe Montana's receivers than you can with Tom Brady's. In, in theory, Tom Brady's receivers have had an easier time getting open. 
And that's, that's actually the most valid and most interesting argument anyone can make. I do have a couple thoughts on that. So if you argue that the NFL rules changed and that made it harder for Brady, sorry, that made it harder for Joe Montana, then we're really comparing apples to oranges. If we're going to make the argument about the NFL rules, then you really can't even compare Tom Brady and Joe Montana because technically they're playing a different game. But I'm not going to do that. Of course I'm going to compare them. It'd be no fun to say, well, you can't compare them. I'm going to compare Joe Montana and Tom Brady. So then who did better within the parameters that were given? With the rules that were provided, who did a better job? The bottom line is Tom Brady. Tom Brady has accomplished more. If the bottom line is all that matters, Tom Brady has done more than Joe Montana. Brady excelled, given the rules, more than Joe Montana did. Now, my final thought is don't forget the Hall of Fame weapons Joe Montana played with. Dwight Clark, John Taylor, Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time, undoubtedly. What has Brady worked with? Well, he has an often injured Rob Gronkowski. Who is a great? Rob Gronkowski is a Hall of Famer. I'm going to just say that straight up. However, he's often injured. In big moments, he goes away. He had Randy Moss for one season. Did go undefeated, broke every record. So I'm just saying, the one time you give him a Hall of Fame receiver, he killed it. Then they got, but Randy Moss is old, he goes away. So only had one season with Randy Moss. And then the rest of the guys he's had, he's had a bunch of Troy Browns. He's had a lot of mundane guys we've never heard of. And Tom Brady often loses receivers. How many times have we talked about, oh, another guy's injured? Either Rob Gronkowski's injured or Julian Edelman tears his ACL. Or in the Super Bowl, Brandon Cooks has a head injury and disappears. He can't play. He's gone for the entire second half. It seems like it's always something with Tom Brady, and yet Tom Brady usually finds a way, makes it work, and makes it happen. I believe Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. However, I can step back, and I can see both sides of the argument. I understand why people say, Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. But in my opinion, it's Tom Brady. It's really mostly about perspective. What do you value the most? Do you think it's important to be undefeated in the Super Bowl? Do you think it matters that the rules were different back then than the way they are now? Do you you have value to the fact that Joe Montana played with better players, in my opinion, than Tom Brady? And the fact that Tom Brady often had to deal with injuries, Joe Montana had, Jerry Rice was stable, man. Jerry Rice was there every game. So it's really about perspective and what you value. Based on the things I value, I would say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. It would have been a lot easier. If Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, this argument's over. I mean, I still, honestly, I think the argument's over either way. But hey, look, if you want to still think Joe Montana, fine. I think Tom Brady will probably win another Super Bowl. God, I hope. And then we, the argument can end forever. If Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, can we both agree? No. No, we're not going to argue anymore for Joe Montana. I I thought the argument was going to end last night. It did not. But if Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, it's done. There's no no discussion. I would even argue if Tom Brady reaches another Super Bowl, the argument is over. Because it's like, God. And and I addressed earlier that, you know, people say, well, Joe Montana played against better guys. Like he played against the Cowboys and... Uh, I'm forgetting their name. Uh, he played against better teams, legend, you know, better legendary teams. And I would say, look at who Tom Brady beat. Tom Brady dominated in an era with Big Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
Peyton Manning. Some people say Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback of all time, and yet Tom Brady annihilated Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, for the most part of the, for a better part of his entire career, dominated Peyton Manning and embarrassed Peyton Manning. I don't know, man. I just, I really think Tom Brady, what he's done is so, so impressive, and he is the greatest quarterback of all time. The highest paid player on the Eagles is not a quarterback. It's a defensive lineman, a defensive tackle to be more specific, Fletcher Cox. The highest paid payer, uh, the highest paid player on the Patriots is a defensive back. And on the Jaguars, it's a running back, Leonard Fournette. On the Vikings, an- again, it's another defensive back. The final four teams that were left in the NFL playoffs, their highest paid player was not a quarterback. Uh, this year, the Ravens missed the playoffs. The Raiders missed the playoffs. The Lions missed the playoffs. And they all have quarterbacks as the highest paid player on their roster. And they, I remember the Joe, the, the Joe Flacco deal was the most quarterbacks ever made in their career. The, the biggest contract. And then again, Matthew Stafford broke records when he was the highest paid player in NFL history. And then Derek Carr, the highest paid play, uh, player in NFL history. The point is, the common thread is the quarterback is the highest played, paid player on these teams. I can't say this for some reason. For some reason, I can't say paid player. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, the point is, they were all record-breaking deals, and they significantly limited their team. When a quarterback signs a huge, huge record-breaking contract, you cripple your team's ability to sign more players. You cripple your team. You hold your team back. Tom Brady is the 18th highest paid quarterback in the league. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Maybe second if you like Joe Montana, but regardless, he's incredible, and yet he is not paid like it. Tom Brady took a pay cut because he wanted to win. If you want to win, you must leave money for other people. And that is why Kirk Cousins needs to leave his ego on the table and take less money. Kirk Cousins must take a pay cut. Now, I watched a piece recently where uh, Kirk Cousins was talking about how he lives his life very frugally. He likes to save money. Even though he makes millions of dollars, he does not live like it. For example, he drives a van he bought from his grandma years ago. It's a very simple, weird, like silly little van. And in his off-season, he goes and lives with his in-laws to save money. It's like, what the? You're a starting quarterback getting millions of dollars, and yet Kirk Cousins thinks differently. Now, my question is, how does Kirk Cousins want to be remembered? Does he want to be the overrated guy who was the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history who then could not turn around and win games? Or does Kirk Cousins want to be remembered as a winner? $18 $18 million versus $28 million. Because if you sign Kirk Cousins for $28 million a year, there's a lot that comes with that. And that $10 million difference is two pro bowlers. That's potentially two huge, impactful players on your roster that you can't now sign. So again, you should take a pay cut for quality of life. I've said this before, you know, if I had the chance to take $60,000 a year 
to build strong opinion sports and have my own company and my own show that I put on YouTube and I own the distribution and I own all of it and it's my thing, I would take $60,000 instead of taking a network job at $100,000. At that difference, it's like, look, I would rather have a higher quality of life, own my own thing, work for myself and be happy than sell my soul to a network. So we'll, we will see, will, will Kirk Cousins feel the same way? Will he take a pay cut? Would he do $18 million versus $28 million? We'll see. I don't know. And the reason why those numbers are comparable, $40,000 is almost half, is almost double $60,000. So to get from $60,000 to $100,000, that's a big jump. To get from $18 million to $28 million, that's $10 million. It's a huge number, I know. But quality of life. I know it's a lot. But Kirk Cousins has already made a ton of money. He's made millions and millions. He was one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL last year because the Redskins had to franchise tag him. Because of that, that put him in the top uh, paying bracket among quarterbacks in the league. So Kirk Cousins, if you want to win, take a pay cut. Join a team like the Broncos or... Uh, probably not the Jaguars. They probably don't want you, but a team like the Jaguars that has a chance to actually be successful. Because if Kirk Cousins can win, he'll have a better legacy and actually that will help him down the road. When he wants to make money after football, if he's not a failure, if he wins a lot of games, it's good for him. So actually taking less money is an investment for Kirk Cousins in your future. Because would you rather listen to a Super Bowl winning quarterback do a broadcast or Brock Osweiler? Probably not Brock Osweiler. So if Kirk Cousins takes bucket loads of money and never can win a game, he's just the overrated guy for the rest of his life. Now he'll be a millionaire. He can sit in his mount mansion and look down at us and laugh. Like, ha you all say I suck. I'm the guy that made $34 million with the Browns, but it doesn't matter. How do you want to be remembered? And do you actually want to enjoy life? Do you want to win games? Kirk Cousins should take a pay cut. My name is Zach Schaumler. That is all I have for today. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. There was one more thing. I almost forgot to include it. Oh my goodness, I almost forgot to include this in the podcast. I would have been so upset if the Super Bowl had came and went and I didn't mention this at all. This is not necessarily football related, but it is about the Super Bowl and I had to talk about it because it's one of my favorite parts of the Super Bowl is the commercial. So again, this is completely unrelated to football. If you hate this part, leave. That's fine. I understand you're here for sports. I don't want to waste your time. But I had to say, Tide won the day. The Tide commercials with David Harbour, the guy from Stranger Things, were unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were so much fun. Like, And the best part was he kept coming back. And I kept thinking, like, it kind of ruined other commercials for me. Because I was sitting there like, is this a... Is this a Viagra commercial? Is this a, a gas commercial? Oh, no. This is a Tide commercial. And then I would start to wonder, like, every commercial I was starting to think... Could this also be a Tide commercial? You never know when David Harbour is going to pop out and say, Tide ad, it's a Tide ad, gotcha. Like I just, I thought it was fun. I really, I enjoyed and that was one of my favorite subplots. Like that was a redeeming quality. I was really upset the Patriots lost, but the Tide ads were like the, the redeeming quality of the Super Bowl for me. Now I have three more thoughts. First was that the Bud Light commercial totally let me down. I was really disappointed because all year I've loved, you know, Dilly Dilly, what's up everybody? I, I should have started a podcast. I wish I'd started Strong Opinion Sports today with Dilly Dilly. Like, that would have been so funny, but I, I forgot. Um, but the Bud Light commercial, like, let me down. I was so disappointed because I wanted so badly 
because I've loved the pit of misery and the you turning the the stuff into Bud Light. I thought those commercials were so great. And then the Bud Light Night ad like totally let me down. I was really disappointed because I so badly wanted that one to be awesome and fun, and it wasn't. <laughs> I was so sad. And then the other commercial that was just atrocious was the Keanu Reeves Squarespace commercial. It's like Keanu Reeves on a motorcycle, and it didn't fit. It didn't make any sense, and the audio was awful. Like I couldn't really understand what he was saying because it was so badly mixed. And then they didn't explain what the hell Squarespace is. They didn't tell you what Squarespace is, and that's that's the mark of a bad commercial. Is like Tide. We all know what Tide is. Why would Squarespace assume everybody knows what that is? Like it just. It's an unhelpful ad. It made them look bad. It was frustrating. I did not like the Keanu Reeves ad at all. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the Super Bowl, is the halftime show. Because I, I, I liked Justin Timberlake's old stuff. This was not, not a good performance, in my opinion. I, you know, it was fine. I'm sure maybe if you love the music, fine. I, I didn't. I didn't like the music. It, I think it was from his new album, which I just, I'm not caught up on. I don't really know about pop stars. And I've kind of learned and understood from my perspective, halftime shows, just not for me. They're not, they're not built for someone like me. I'm just not that into that kind of stuff. But what I did love about Justin Timberlake's performance, there were three, there were two things roughly. One was the, as a guy who does live shows, I work for Washington State University doing uh, like live broadcasting of their basketball games. This was incredible. The camera angles, the directing, like, and you have, this is the other part that's incredible to me is you have Justin Timberlake. He walks in dancing. Then the next thing you know, he's like playing piano and then he's again dancing with a mic and he's singing. And it's just like, this is a spectacle. I can't believe and understand. I I didn't like the music. It did not bless me. It wasn't fun for me. I I don't like that kind of music, but my goodness, (laughs) the spectacle. The, the production value, the camera shots. There's a guy who works in production and who, who's done live shows. I've done a lot of live television. That was like, oh, I can't. I would have loved. I would have loved to be the cameraman that was like the different angles and everything. Oh, I just as a nerd about production who, who kind of doesn't want to do production, but he's forced into it to talk into a mic. Um, I, was, I was blown away by the Super Bowl halftime show. So that is my show. My name is Zach Schaumler. That is all I have for today. Um, I just... You know, I wanted to get the show out early. I, sh- I cut the show out a little bit because I wanted to get it out. I just want to release the show early on Monday afternoon because I know I'm so sick and tired of people criticizing me and saying, you just, you copy other people's work. I don't. You know how hard I work? I don't have time to listen to other podcasts or listen to other shows or listen to other, I don't even listen to radio. You think I listen to radio? No. I work like 18 hour days. I'm a full-time college student taking 18 credits. I also release about 40 videos a week. And when people... Uh, relax. When people say that I copy other people's work, it drives me nuts. Because I work my, I work extremely hard to do everything I can for this podcast. I mean, it's my favorite thing in the world, and I, I'm really, um, I want to beat other people out there so I can get my opinion out there, so I can't get criticized for copying other people's opinion. It drives, it drives me nuts. It really, really is annoying. I mean, it's an honor. People say that I remind them of Colin Cowherd a lot. And that's a huge honor. Colin Coward growing up was my favorite broadcaster in my entire life. And I do occasionally when I drive home, I have a six hour drive home from college. So like maybe once every five months, I listen to Colin Coward's podcast, but that's it. If I want to make something, I'd rather make it than listen to it. So I just, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I don't have time to do that. And it drives me, it really hurt. It like hurts my soul a little bit when people say you're just copying other people. No, I'm not. 
I, I don't have time for that. I work my butt off. I work extremely hard. And it just, it, it kills me when people try to take away from that and um, diminish my hard work. It's annoying. I really appreciate you guys. You know, I, uh, there's so many options. There's so many other shows. There's you know, Colin Coward. There's the Dan Patrick show. There's, I think Jim Rome is a big, I've never, I've never liked Jim Rome or Dan Patrick and they kind of drive me nuts. Um, but you know, the fact that if you're watching this show and you, you take the time and you listen to me, that, it means a lot to me. It really does. I mean, this is my favorite thing in the world. This is, I, my whole room is a recording studio. I'm actually late for class because I should be in class this very minute. Instead, I'm recording a podcast because it went a little long. Um, man, this is my whole life. And I, I'm so grateful you guys watch and you guys listen because it means so much to me. So thank you so very much for listening to Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Spotify and Google Play, I think they're, they're almost done. Like I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I haven't checked Google Play today. We might be up already there. You can check today probably. It might be up. Spotify is a longer process to get approved. But Strong Opinion Sports will be on Spotify and Google Play very soon. Please help me out. If you like Strong Opinion Sports, tell your friends about this podcast. It, it would mean a ton to me. It would help me grow. Uh, and I just, I would love to grow Strong Opinion Sports. I would love to do this on my own. Because instead of working for ESPN or Fox, my dream is to have my own company where my thing is I make a sports podcast, put it on Twitch. I'd love to live stream it on Twitch. I'd love to share it publicly and do a live show where instead of working for ESPN or Fox and working for a corporate overlord, I would like to own it myself. Then I can say whatever I want. I'm not beholden to sponsors. I can say and do what I want and uh, speak freely because I, I like sharing my opinions honestly and really uh, without having to worry about anything else. So I like owning it. I like doing my own thing. And if you like that idea, please help me. Tell people about Strong Opinion Sports and help support my dream. Thank you so very much. I hope you guys have a great day. Um, and, you know, I'm a little heartbroken about the Patriots. I really wanted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, and I, I'm sad they didn't. But if you're an Eagles fan and you're happy about that, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I mean, the Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, so I can recognize how cool that is. That's very similar to, like, the Cubs winning a World Series. It's a big deal. It means a lot to Philadelphia. And uh, Mike Kaiser, I know... I know you're so happy. So, man, congratulations to the Eagles. Thank you so very much for listening to Strong Opinion Sports. I got to run. I'm going to go to class. So have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much, and have a great one. Ba-dum-bum. Bam!